Welcome to the Lake Show Life Podcast, part of the Fan Sided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Jason Reed. Welcome back to another episode of the Lake Show Life Podcast. As always, I am your host, Jason Reed, the acting side expert over at lakeshowlife.com, part of the Fan Sided Podcasting Network. Today is Thursday, April 22nd, probably releasing uh, midnight Friday, April 23rd, 2021, and it's been a while. Hand up. It's been two weeks. Uh, we went to a weekly format, and then we took last week off. Um, quite frankly, if we're just being 100% transparent here, not a lot going on in Lakerland. Um, we're hitting that, you know, that dry spell of the season. Not a lot's going on, and the Lakers, you know, we're playing with a lot of men down, and you know, winning some games, had that nice win against Brooklyn, losing some games as well um, that, you know, Boston almost came back. And it was just a lot of, you know, games. <laughs> it's just I don't know how else to explain it other than games happened. It's almost like the dog days of summer for baseball. Um, and, you know, instead of hopping in here and giving you a 15 to 20 minute recap of a game that you may or may not have watched, um, you know, either you didn't watch it and you don't really care because you're doing other things because it's April basketball or you did watch it and you don't want to hear someone talk about it for 15 minutes. So I took a week off, waited for tonight for the big moment, the moment that I thought would be perfect to record an episode on, Anthony Davis's return. Anthony Davis returned tonight, um, Thursday, against the Dallas Mavericks, played 17 minutes. He only played in the first half. Frank Vogel said before the game that he would be on a 15-minute restriction and only play the first half. That held true. Um, that is pretty much exactly what he did play, went a little bit over his minutes limit, but, you know, weren't going to hit it on on a tee perfectly. And, you know, AD, he looks like someone who hasn't played basketball in nine weeks, hasn't played since Valentine's Day, of course. Um, he he just he didn't look like Anthony Davis. And, see, that's tough to say because he looked like Anthony Davis. The box score obviously doesn't look good. Um, again, 2 of 10 shooting from the field. But, you know, he, he it was Anthony Davis out there. It's not like he looked completely different. This wasn't DeMarcus Cousins coming off of a torn Achilles. You know, this is a calf strain, uh, Achilles tendinosis. And it, it's just he looked like someone who hasn't played basketball for two months. So he came in, you know, he was trying to get hot early. I believe he was one for his first seven. Um, it was like seven attempts in like five minutes, um, because he played in like you know spurts whatnot. So he was he was trying to get going. He was trying to get cooking, get into a rhythm. You know, welcome himself back into the into the fold. And that just isn't what happened. You know, he couldn't get his shot to fall. Um, and it, it's just one of those things. You know, he didn't put up the numbers that you expect him to put up and he didn't, you know, look a hundred percent. Absolutely. But at the end of the day, I mean, he still looked fine. You know, it, he didn't look like a completely different basketball player. He just looks sluggish. He looks like he hasn't played an NBA game in two, in two months, in one week, nine weeks. Um, and that's really what it is. And it's going to continue to be this way because if you don't, you know, if you don't remember, you know, beginning of the season, that feels like forever ago. Um, he wasn't playing fantastic back then either. Uh, you know, he was still a little sluggish, you know, that short off season and that Achilles, the, the calf really bugging him, not really, well, really bugging him. He was out for two months. Um, it, he, he was sluggish back then. He had some big games, but he was sluggish and he's going to be sluggish now. And this is kind of like the concern for the Lakers and why I've been a little pessimistic. You know, some people might say I'm pessimistic is he's getting what, 13 more games to kind of get up to speed for playoff basketball, the most intense basketball there is. Now, the Lakers are a little bit lucky because it, they're most likely 90% going to play the Denver Nuggets in the first round. And I've been touting the Denver Nuggets as this extremely hard team, you know, to come up against in the playoffs. So with Jamal Murray tearing his ACL, that's an easy matchup for the Lakers. You know, 
It sucks for Murray. It sucks for basketball. You never want to see that. But the truth of the matter is it does help the Lakers. Um, so that kind of gives them a little bit more time to kind of ramp up into full speed. But right into that second round, they're going to be playing an elite team no matter what happens, unless there's an eighth seed, you know, upset over the Utah Jazz or seventh seed. Um, well, you know, based on the, the play and whatnot. So they they he's not he doesn't have as much time to ramp up and get into full speed and their Lakers need him to be full speed. Um, can they beat the Utah Jazz with a 85% LeBron and 85% Anthony Davis? Probably. Can they beat the Phoenix Suns with both of those? Probably. Can they beat the Clippers with both of those? The way the Clippers have been playing the last two weeks? No, I don't think so. And I know the last thing, you know, Lakers, you know, writer, you know, fan should ever admit is that the Clippers look good, but they look good. You know, I have to have to call it as I, how it is, and they look good. Um, and if they do squeak by, if the Clippers, you know, choke again, which is absolutely possible, never made it out of the second round, um, can an 85% LeBron and Anthony Davis beat the Brooklyn Nets? Absolutely not. Now they're dealing with their own injury, so it could be, you know, they're just looking at each other like that Spider-Man meme, but who knows? Maybe the Sixers, you know, the Lakers have to get there first. And, you know, AD doesn't have a big runway. This isn't the Fast and the Furious 6. Is that 6 runway? That just lasts forever for him to get up to speed and be 100%. So it's going to be interesting to see how he ramps up, how he plays moving forward, and really, you know, how the team handles all of this. Um he didn't look fantastic tonight, but he looked his skills looked fine. He he looked like Anthony Davis. He just looked like Anthony Davis who hasn't played in two months. So I wouldn't worry about it, but I also wouldn't completely write it off. I wouldn't say, oh, you know, he's been out. He's gonna be elite right away. You know, he does need time to kind of get back into that groove. You know, into that rhythm. You know, he's never played with Andre Drummond. These role players, you know, Schroeder, um, Harrell. Uh, all the new guys, Wesley Matthews, you know, didn't really play much. Ben McLemore is new now. But even the guys who were brought in before the season, Marcus Gasol, um, you know, these are lesser guys. But these are still guys he hasn't really played much with, especially because he didn't, you know, wasn't playing his full – he wasn't fully himself earlier in the season. you got to build that on-court chemistry. You know, Drummond said when he came over to the Lakers, he was struggling at first because of that chemistry, and they have to build it up, and they have to build it up quick. I, I've said it before. I might have said it on the podcast. I've definitely written about it. I criticized the Clippers a lot about this last year, the load management, the injuries, everything that happened. They didn't have their full-strength team, you know, ever playing together. Now, you know, the pandemic happened and stuff paused and whatnot. But even if they would have got fully healthy in, in front of the regular NBA playoffs, I still wouldn't have liked them in the NBA playoffs because they didn't play together enough. I honestly think they, they lost when they should have lost, quite frankly. You know, now they have a whole other year of that and everything going on. Um, they haven't been load management injuries, still kind of struggling a little bit, but not as bad as last year. But this is the problem with the Lakers is, yeah, LeBron and AD are great. They have chemistry, but it's the guys around them. It's the play style LeBron. It's just that it's everything. You know, they haven't been a cohesive unit yet this year, especially when they brought in Drummond, who's a new guy, who's the fourth best player on the team, or at least impactful, fourth most impactful player on the team. And, you know, this is his first game with Anthony Davis. He hasn't played with LeBron yet. So this is a big thing to monitor. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's Lakers basketball these last, you know, month, well, less than a month now. I believe it's like three and a half weeks, three weeks. Um, going to be really fun to watch, really interesting to see. Hopefully LeBron returns around the corner. The timeline that Adrian Wojnarowski had was like the beginning of May-ish. Uh, I believe they play May 2nd, if I'm not mistaken. So maybe that's when we see LeBron. Maybe we see him a little bit earlier. Who knows? He's out of the walking boot. He was out of it, you know, five days ago. Um, so it'll it'll be interesting. I'm I'm interested to see what's going to happen. Anthony Davis is going to play better. He didn't play great in this game. But two players that did play great, something promising to talk about, Dennis Schroeder, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, they tore it up in this game. So, you know, they made it competitive. They brought the game back in the third quarter. 
Um, and then the fourth quarter, you know, was kind of a hit or miss. You know, they stayed in the game. They were absolutely in the game the whole way through. Um, and it was because of the elite guard play. Yes, elite from KCP and Dennis Schroeder. KCP, and this is the biggest thing about KCP. I really lo- I like KCP, and his shooting numbers overall are good. But it's because he has nights like these, and he has nights where he goes over five, and he has six points. I just wish he'd be a little bit more consistent. I would rather have a, a, a you know... A two of five guy, at least, who has some better games um, that'll score 10 points a night rather than get 20 a night or zero a night. Um, but he had 29 tonight, 9 of 17 shooting, 6 of 12 from deep, which is the big one. You know, he was making shots left and right. He was great off-ball scorer, and he was off-ball because Dennis Schroeder was orchestrating the offense, and he was doing it really efficiently. Uh, he scored 25. He had a double-double with 13 assists. He was 9 of 13 from the field. Uh, efficient as well. Free throws, I believe they were keep combined 11 of 12, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, I was doing the research, had the box scores pulled up, but if I pull it back up on ESPN, they're going to autoplay their videos on me. Um, 11 to 12, and they looked good. They looked really good. And if the Lakers can get this kind of guard play from both Dennis Schroeder and KCP, even if only one of them plays at this level and the other one just is their normal self, um, with LeBron, with AD, you know, assuming they hopefully get up to speed, with Andre Drummond, that's a really competitive starting five. That's a really competitive closing lineup. And the Laker fans have to really like the outlook of the team. You know, now it's been hit or miss all year. You know, Schroeder's had his moments. KCP's had his moments. Um, LeBron and AD, obviously, we have to hope that they get it fully up to speed. And Drummond, you know, familiarizes himself. But the best-case version of this team is really, really good. And then you have the bench. You know, Harrell is a great sixth man. Still not a big Kyle Kuzma fan. I know everyone, you know, some people love him. Some people hate him. He's the most polarizing player on the Lakers, that's for sure. Um, still not a big fan. Um, he, he had a bad three in the fourth quarter that just made me laugh because he was like wide open, took a shot, had the follow through, like he nailed it and then just front rimmed it. Like it wasn't even close. Um, and I, I just chuckled. I had to chuckle. Um, I, I, I like that, you know, and I like Marcus all off the bench even, you know, I think his defense is still valuable. He could still stretch the floor and at least, you know, space it out a little bit. And we saw, you know what, last week he scored what, 16, 18. Um, he can have moments too in a lesser role. So, I'm liking this. I'm liking how the guards play, and I hope they can keep it up. So the the guards were combined, yes, 11 of 12. Um, Schroeder fouled out, but that was, you know, intentional foul at the end of the game. And that's another thing I wanted to touch on. So while they played really, really good, you know, especially Schroeder, um, really impressed with KCP. Honestly, don't really have much to say with him about the end of the game. It's more directed towards Schroeder. I, I didn't love the crunch time decisions and just play style that the Lakers had at the end of this game. And I think it was really indicative of not having LeBron James and not having that leadership and not having the best player on the planet to orchestrate, you know, the closing moments of the game, whether it be he gets someone open or whether he takes that 35 footer and makes it. Um, LeBron knows what to do, when to do it and how to do it. Um, Schroeder, while he has his moments, he can orchestrate offense. He's not LeBron James. He's not close to LeBron James. Um, And I think, you know, he, he didn't make the best decisions down the stretch. And I think the team as a whole didn't make the best decisions. Um, you know, this has happened time and time again, not time and time again, but time to time while LeBron has been out. But I thought it was really evident in this game. It was a really good example of like just the importance, obviously, of a star player. Um, no, you know, no crap that LeBron James is important to the Lakers. Um, but two moments stuck out to me. So there was, it was down four. They got the ball with about, it was like 215, 217 left. And Schroeder brings the ball off the court, hits the, I don't remember who it was. It might have been Tim Hardaway. Hits him with a quick crossover, gets by him, kind of drives, but doesn't fully get by him, drives into the lane, and he pulls up from like 12, 15 feet, pulls up and tries to do like one of those running but like stop fadeaway jump shots, you know, from 12 to 15 feet, and gets blocked. Um, Down four, 
with two minutes left. That's not the best shot to take. They rushed it. It was somewhat early in the shot clock. Excuse me. Sorry. It it was not a last second. We have to throw this up. It wasn't a meticulous. It wasn't a play set for sure. Um, and it, it just wasn't a good outlook. And it, it was probably the most impactful possession of this game, I would say, because it's swinging the entire game. So I'm going on the app right now. So he, they got the offensive rebound at 235. Um, Tim Hardaway Jr. missed the pull-up. And then Schroeder, his, his shot gets blocked at 225. So 14 seconds still on the shot clock. There's enough to do stuff. It was like one of those semi-transitions. If you watch the game, you know. But I just didn't love the shot selection. I didn't love the decision-making, kind of the hero ball that Schroeder was kind of doing there. Um, and what happens? He gets blocked. The Mavericks take it down the other way. They milk some time off the clock. And then uh, Dorian Finney-Smith hits a three-pointer. And all of a sudden, the Mavericks are up seven with two minutes up. And that's kind of it. That's kind of the game. Uh, Mark Keefe comes down. He takes a three, like a falling three. That's off. Um, they managed to get the ball back. Uh, I believe, no, that wasn't the Crusoe possession. They managed to get the ball back. They have the alley-oop. They bring it back within five. Um, Dallas misses another shot, keeping them in the game. And then they can't score. Dallas gets the ball back. Then Crusoe gets the steal. Like, Dallas just gave them so many chances. And you look at how Dallas played at the end of this game, how poorly they played. If the Lakers just make a two in that possession and don't give, you know, Dallas a, a decent because, you know, Dallas came down the field after the to the field, down the court after the block. They doubled Luka. Luka found someone who got the hockey assist to uh, Finney Smith in the corner who drains the three. Um, that doesn't happen. If Schroeder is a little bit more meticulous, they draw up a play. They do something, a pick and roll, just something um, other than a, a driving fadeaway 15 footer that gets blocked. This could have been a Lakers win. Again, regular season games don't really matter, um, especially when this Dennis Schroeder's not going to be the guy in the closing moment of a playoff game. But it, it was worth mentioning. As good as, good of a game as Schroeder had, he still had moments down the stretch that weren't totally you know, great, and that's part of the you know discussion on whether or not they should extend him, which is just a very interesting discussion. Um, that was the most impactful possession. And then later in the game, uh, they were down six. This was like... Hail Mary time, you know, 30 seconds, whatever it was. And they just, they were working for two. I think Kuzma um, cut to the rim and then he passed. And then I don't remember the full sequence, if I'm being honest, because I was, I was kind of upset. Kuzma like cut, he passed. I think Drummond missed like a, a, a short, not a layup, but you know, what a, a floater. Um, Kuzma, I believe, rebounded it. And then he made the layup to make it 114, 110. They're down six, like, and then they foul, and then Frank Vogel challenges, and then I think that was just to kind of ice the free throw shooter, honestly. Um, and then, you know, Dallas makes one of their free throws, and that's game. They're down five with 16 seconds. You know, Lakers don't have a chance. Um, why not go for the three there? Like, what does the two do besides just give yourself more time to cut away at the, at the you know, the lead? Yeah, it, they ended up being down by five. They hit a three. You know, they foul. They only make one. Then they're down three, and they have the shot. But – their only real hope of winning the game in that situation is hitting a three, hoping Dallas misses both free throws, and then having the full shot clock, 20 seconds, whatever it is, to go down and hit another three to tie the game. Um, that's really their only shot. It, again, it's a Hail Mary. It doesn't really matter. They weren't going to win this game. It was such a low odds. But I just – why – what was the – like, they were so – they were driving for the two, and Dallas was just going to give it to them. It, it was the classic case of – you know, a, a baseball team up by three, just giving a stolen base away or a football team that, you know, 
30 seconds left on the clock and the team's down four and they're going to give them the underneath stuff because they don't want them to go over the top. That's what Dallas did here. And the Lakers, you know, they kind of played right into it. Um, again, the decision-making, you know, that was more on Kuzma. Um, you know, Drummond missed a shot. Kuzma got the rebound. Then Kuzma ended up getting the make. Um, but just just not ideal, not how you want to finish, how you want to end a basketball game, a close basketball game, a basketball game where you, you clawed back with really, really good guard play after Anthony Davis, you know, didn't really give you much in the first half. Again, we shouldn't have expected too much. Um, yeah, and the last thing I just wanted to touch on about this game before I talk about the last, the closing um, thoughts of the podcast, Andre Drummond, um, he had a solid game, 14 points, 19 boards. But one of those games where it's like, okay, he had a good box score, but he I feel like he could have done a little bit more. It is what it is. He made all of his free throws, or at least at one point he was making all of his free throws. Um, that's good out of a center. Um, not super efficient for a center, 5 of 10. You want to see a little bit better than that out of the center position. Uh, three blocks. He had a, a fourth quarter block on Luka Doncic rotating. That was a big play. Um, and yeah, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Best plus minus on the team. Plus minus. Very flawed, but the best plus minus. Um, Drummond. Looking good. People were a little worried about him. Slow start offensively. Don't worry. He was going to be slow. He was going to be have a slow start. And they don't need him to score that many points when LeBron and AD return. He only needs to score 8-10 to 10 and have 10 boards and 3 blocks, just like he had tonight. Before we get into the last thing I wanted to talk about, first, I want to talk to you guys about Earth Echo Foods. The Lake Show Life podcast is brought to you by Danette May and Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product from her Earth Echo food line, Cacao Bliss. That's right, Cacao Bliss. Sounds great, doesn't it? Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you were doing something great for your body. The people over at Earth Echo Bliss start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun. That's right, kissed by the sun. I can't be kissed by the sun. I get sunburnt. Maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then they blend it with turmeric, 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 MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt. I got some of that in my pantry. Cinnamon and black pepper for the perfect blend to make you feel the best you ever have. The result, fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. Not only that, it is friendly to paleo, gluten-free, keto, vegan, and vegetarian diets. I know a lot of you are on those diets. I personally am not, but I'm still going to check this product out. For the last eight years, the people over at Earth Echo Foods have been a leader in the superfoods market and are proud to have served millions of customers worldwide. Lucky for you guys, they are offering up to 15% off when you go over to earthechofoods.com slash minute media and you use the code minute15. That's right. Go over to earthechofoods.com slash minute media. Use code minute15 to get up to 15% off of the delicate cacao bliss. Um, the last thing I wanted to touch on before I send you all on your way. So the playoffs, the playoffs, I already mentioned, you know, the Clippers and everything and the Le Lakers getting LeBron and Anthony Davis at 100%, how important that is. Um, one thing I just wanted to mention, it's an article I wrote over on lakeshowlife.com. Go check it out. Go check out the website. Um, plenty of Lakers coverage there. All the Lakers coverage you could ever imagine. Um, news, analysis, rumors, all that stuff. Um, I broke it. I wrote a column about, you know, three things that the team must improve to make a deep playoff run. So the Lakers win healthy, totally healthy, especially if they get that elite guard player still. Still the favorites to represent the Western Conference in the finals. You know, still the favorites maybe over the Nets, depending on who you who you ask. Betting-wise, the Nets are the favorites, but they're right up there. They're still not a perfect basketball team, and they could get better in some areas. Um, and these are the three areas I just wanted to touch on a little bit here. Number one, um, the Lakers need to improve the three-point shooting. And I, before I even get into I mean, I already kind of did get into it. Um, the things, the guard play, they, they were better in these areas. You know, at least two of the three. 
and that's why they were so good. So this is kind of a, a showing sign that like these things, you know, I'm not saying the Lakers read my articles, whatever, but if they improve in these areas, you know, we've seen how good the basketball will be without LeBron and only with a AD fair and half and AD not really even lining up with the elite play of the guards this game. So number one, they need to be uh, improved three point shooters, be improved the three point shooting, excuse me. Um, right now, the Lakers, this is at the time of writing. It might've gone, um, probably a little bit up. actually tonight. They shot like 33%. So a little bit down, um, 20th in the league and three point percentage at 35.7%. Last season in the playoffs, they did shoot 35.4%. So some may look at that like, okay, they're shooting good enough. Um, yeah, it's kind of the, the last thing they need to improve the littlest thing they need to improve, but it would be nice to have, you know, just get that up a little bit, get that up to 37, 38%. And, it's just another tool in the tool bag. The Lakers are not a three-point heavy team, and they don't need to be. But, you know, it, it is nice to be able to stretch the floor a little bit. It is nice to have that tool in the tool bag. It is nice to hit a shot when you need to hit a shot. Um, I don't love anyone. KCP, I love him when he's on. I don't love him when he's not on. Besides him, there's not anyone I fully trust from beyond the arc. You know, Macklemore's had his moments, but, you know, that's it is what it is. Schroeder has been inconsistent. Kuzma has been wildly inconsistent. Um so I, I would like to see a little bit better three-point shooting just to be a little bit more comfortable. Can they win at this current clip? Absolutely. A little bit more comfortable, Little another tool in the tool bag, like I said, and just be able to keep up with some of these teams that might be hot from beyond the arc. We saw that in the playoffs. We saw some games where the Lakers just heated up from beyond the arc. And yeah, their, their overall numbers was 35.4%, but they had games where they were just making everything and they had games where they shot absolutely terribly. And those were usually the games they lost and they kind of bounced out a little bit. So a little bit better shooting, um, but the most important shooting um, thing that they should improve is the free throw shooting. Um, the Lakers are a bad free throw shooting team. That's just that's not an exaggeration. It's just the truth. Um, at the time of writing this article, they were shooting seventy four point six percent from beyond the arc, twenty fifth in the NBA, and they shot seventy two point nine percent from the free throw line last year. So again, they won the NBA title last year with this. So can they win the NBA title this year? Yes, in a vacuum, you could say that, but the competition this year is much harder. If we're being honest, the Lakers didn't play. The Lakers, they didn't have an easy route. You know, the Trailblazers, ironically enough, might have been their toughest matchup, and it was the first round. That's just because how hot they were. Um, you know, the Rockets were going to lose no matter what. And the Denver Nuggets, as talented as Jokic is, and as much of a mismatch as it would have been this year, last year's team with the two centers matched up perfectly with them. And... It, it, it was a competitive series, don't get me wrong, but it was never a series that I thought was in question. Um, the Clippers blew it, and the Nuggets kind of... It was like when Portland made it to the Western Conference Finals against the Warriors. Um, this was a lot closer than that, but you just knew the Lakers were going to win, just like the Warriors. This year, you have a little bit more competition. Phoenix is really good. Um, Utah, who I don't think is a threat, I think is still better than you know Houston or Denver last year. Um, the Clippers, like I mentioned, if they even make it to the dance this year... Um, so there's some competition and then in the East, you know, they're not going to get the Miami Heat Cinderella team. Maybe they do, but it's either going to be the Sixers, the Nets, or maybe even the Bucks. Maybe that's the Cinderella team. Those are three really good basketball teams. Um, so you need to elevate this. You can't look at last year and be like, okay, they won last year with this. They can win this year with this. No, not at all. They need to elevate this. Free throw shooting is extremely important. We saw it in this game where the Mavericks, you know, missed some free throws, kept the Lakers in it. Free throw shooting, super, super, super important. And at this point, LeBron's not going to get infinitely better. Um, he is who he is. It's one. I I, was, I don't want to get into a goat debate. Well, I'm just talking to myself, but uh, he's one of the greatest players of all time. And the one hole in his game has always been free throw shooting. It's not Shaq level bad, but it is bad. Um, 
and they, they just have to get better. It's three points that you're leaving on the board. And outside of last year's Lakers team, which, again, we talked about kind of had some interesting circumstances, no championship-winning team from the last decade has had a free-throw percentage as low as the Lakers' free-throw percentage this season. So the Lakers last year were literally the outlier. Can they get an outlier year two years in a row? I don't know. You probably have to shoot a little bit better. Um, definitely in the playoffs for sure. Um, tonight, they were better from the free-throw line. You know, and that, like I said, um, Schroeder and KCP, a combined 11 of 12. Drummond went 4 from 4. AD to go over 2. But just those three, I mean, those were the three primary guys. Oh, Dallas got to the free throw line way too much. I didn't even mention that. But the fouls were uh, not great for the Lakers tonight. They got <laughs> a little foul happy. Um, but the, the Lakers shot really well from, you know, the free throw line. I like, you know, one miss in 10 attempts or in 11, 11 attempts between uh, Caldwell Pope and Schroeder. It was 10 of 11, not 11 of 12. I think I've said 11 of 12 like five times. Um, that's really good. And Drummond nailing all his free throws. That's really good. 80 over 2, it is what it is. I, th these are the kind of nights they need. And that's, again, why the guard play was so good tonight. The third and final thing the Lakers need to improve is something that kind of hurt the team tonight, ironically enough, um, at least down the stretch. And that was the turnovers. So they weren't as bad tonight. They've definitely been worse. But the Lakers turn over the ball a lot. Um you know, upon reflection, they actually might have been uh, – they're a little bit below season average. It, it, I'm just used to it, honestly. Um, so I say it's not bad even though they turned it over. How many times Lakers turned it over tonight? Let's see. Three, five, six, ten, twelve, fifteen, sixteen times. Okay, at the time of writing this article, they were averaging 15.5 turnovers per game. So second most turnovers per game in the entire league at the time of writing this article – um, they're inevitable. They're absolutely going to happen, especially when you have high usage rate guys like LeBron James, you know, trying to make things happen. But it's just it's sloppy basketball. It's sloppy basketball last year. Again, not great in turning the basketball over. But again, last season, little bit of anomaly. Um, these are the problems that the Lakers had last year that they haven't necessarily solved. And we're nitpicking a title contender, a title winner, I should say, that's a contender this year. Yes, absolutely. But competition's starker and we're splitting hairs especially in a season where LeBron James and Anthony Davis haven't played much together and much with the new guys and might not even be a hundred percent themselves in the playoffs they have to clean these things up they have to commit fewer turnovers they have to make more shots when they get to the free throw line and if they can sprinkle in some decent free throw shooting this is a fantastic basketball team those, those are the holes and the three-point shooting is not even necessarily a hole it's just an area of improvement so if they don't, if the Lakers are shooting 74% from the free throw line and they're committing 16 turnovers a game and they're still only shooting 35 and they don't have the three point shooting to, you know, take them out of that rut and they're only shooting 35%, I don't know how deep this team goes. Honestly, again, I want to be optimistic. I want to be positive here, but I have to be realistic. And these are problems that I see at least. Am I, am I, I almost cursed. Uh, am I a, and I'll say all basketball expert. No, there's plenty of people. There's people listening to this podcast who are a lot smarter basketball than, you know, I am. Um, but from what I see, I, I just, I, I don't, I, I don't see the Lakers making a deep run unless LeBron and Anthony Davis come back and are just dominant. You know, that just negates everything. Um, but is that guaranteed? No, it's not. It's not guaranteed. It was guaranteed a little bit last year, not guaranteed this year. But I don't know. They looked terrible in the seeding games last year, and you know some fans were freaking out a little bit about how bad they looked in the seeding games, and then they just turned it on, flipped the script, flipped the script in the playoffs, and they were just elite after that. Um, but this is a little bit of a different situation. 
upcoming schedule for the Lakers. So they have a double header against the Mavericks. They square off again on Saturday, 530 Pacific, um, April 24th. They got the Orlando. Then they got a little bit of an easy stretch. They got the Magic on the 26th, the Wizards on the 28th, the Kings on the 30th. Now I am going out of town. Um, I am going to be out of the office from Thursday the 29th until Friday, May 7th. Um, technically working uh, still Thursday, Friday, Saturday. NFL Draft. I also cover the Chargers. If you're a Chargers fan, go check us out over at BoltBeat. Um, BoltBeat.com. BB underscore Chargers. Um, but got to cover that, of course. Um, but going to still be away from the office. Not going to be able to record the podcast. And then going to take vacation days after that. Uh, five days vacation days next Monday through Friday. So my goal is to hopefully get another podcast episode before then. Uh, it is going to be to get another podcast episode before then. Not hopefully. It is going to be. And then by the time I'm back from my vacation, LeBron should be back. You know, we're coming back together. Um, and I might have two, three games to talk about. And, you know, I say it all the time, but hopefully line up a guest. Look, this is hard. You know, big podcasts, they have they have, they have, have uh, guest bookers. I don't have a booker. I'm my booker. And sometimes I reach out and people don't respond. And sometimes I just forget. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm not a perfect person. You know, I got a lot on my plate. And sometimes I forget to reach out to guests. My apologies. Um, but until next time I talk to you guys, you know, sorry for the two-week layoff. I'll be back before my vacation next Thursday. Um, and hopefully talking about some great AD games, whether it's against the Mavericks, Magic, or Wizards. If something notable happens in, you know, those coming days, Emergency Pod will get something smaller up. I mean, AD has a fantastic game. We'll get it up then. Um, but in the meantime, y'all have a great one. Have a great weekend. Um, I said no holidays back in Easter. Um, and there was a holiday, obviously. I don't think there's any holidays this weekend. So just have a good weekend. Stay safe. Have fun. Watch the Lakers and go Lakers.